Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 46, is called, Do Faith Healers Have Specialties? Well, we'll talk about that in just a few moments. My wife and I are at that wonderful stage of life where we're welcoming grandkids. We've been at that wonderful stage of life for a while now. Our oldest granddaughter just got her driving permit. Now, there's a scary thought. I asked the little brother, who is 10, what he thought about that. I said, have you been in the car with her, with your family, while she's been driving? And he said, yes, it was terrifying. Well, maybe I hope it wasn't that terrifying. She'll learn. She's learning. She's right on track. She'll do fine. But good grief, when did that happen? How did she get to that age? Pretty amazing. The years just keep on going by. And I'm afraid what the older folks have always told us is true. The older you get, the faster they seem to go. We've got grandkids now from age 15 all the way down to age 5. In my closet, just a little ways away from where I'm working on this podcast right now, is a turtleneck sweater. It's brown. It's dark brown. I wish it was a little bit of a lighter color. I wore that to the hospital on the evening that our oldest granddaughter was born. We had a little bit of a pass into the nursery because her aunt on her mother's side was in charge of that particular part of the hospital. And so we got to go in and spend a little more time than we might have otherwise. And one of the things that the granddads got to do was to have that little girl's ink-stained foot pressed onto their shirts. And so I've got a brown, dark brown, unfortunately, turtleneck over here that I've never washed since that night 15 years ago. It's got, you can barely see it, but it's got footprints on it, black footprints from that sweet little girl. I'm not planning to ever wash it. I wish it was white. I'd have worn something lighter if I just had known. But how did the time go by so fast? Well, you love them all. And I've told my oldest two granddaughters that they will always be my baby girls, no matter what age they are. They seem okay with that. And then we've got some littles, we call them, on the other end. Five years old, six, six, and seven. Little guys that are still growing way too fast to suit me. And we've got a sweet 10-year-old guy in the middle. That's kind of a hard slot. But he really fills that slot just very, very well. So I'm real proud of those kids. But it's kind of fun when you have the little guys at the stage where if they get a hurt, and it doesn't have to be much of a hurt, it may be one that you have to look for pretty hard, but if they come up and say, Papa, kiss it, it hurts, you're going to kiss it. I promise you, you will kiss it. And I noticed a while back when I was looking for a Band-Aid for myself that I still have quite a few Band-Aids that are superheroes. Those are for the guys. Most of those are superhero guy superheroes, you understand. And I have some that are some beautiful, frillier kind of, do Band-Aids have frills? 
but they're beautiful band-aids that feature princesses and that kind of thing. Those are for the girls. And so those band-aids, I just pull one out of the box and it's not that unusual still to see me wearing a band-aid that is a princess band-aid. That's kind of a funny picture, it seems to me. Anyway, it says something about the stage of life that we're in. I like that stage of life. I like being able to kiss away the hurt. I wish I could do that always. I plan to do that in one way or another always for my grandchildren as long as I'm around. I want to kiss away the hurt. And yes, I have to admit, if it were up to me, I would probably keep them far too safe. I would probably make little hothouse plants out of them, and they'd never get to do some things and experience some things that they really need to that might be tough, some things that might hurt them, because I'd try to keep them from all pain. I love them. I need to love them enough to let them feel some pain at times. You know what I'm talking about, and you understand. But if I could, if I could just, whatever the pain is, snap my fingers, or better yet, if I could just pray to God and say, Lord, would you take this pain away? I don't want them to have to go through this. I probably would. I certainly pray for them that God will help them through whatever challenges they face and through difficult times. But my father is wiser than I am, and he knows that they need to go through some hard stuff in order to be tempered to meet what will come in their lives and to meet it with faith. That's real love. That's the kind of love that we all need, that we all have from our father. Well, a little bit of an ad here, but it's not so much an ad today as a thank you. I really appreciate your listening to this podcast. I really appreciate your sharing it with other people. We're growing a little bit along. We're not into the thousands upon thousands yet, but we're into the several thousands, and that's a good thing. I really thank you for listening and for telling other people about this. I enjoy this time, and I hope you do. Thanks so much for being a part of it and for helping me to have the desire to keep on and keep producing these things. I really do appreciate it greatly. I've mentioned before that you can find all of the episodes of this podcast at my website. You've probably found some other ways to get hold of them already, and that's great. But you can find them at the website, along with a lot of columns and essays that I've written. You can find a whole bunch of music there. A lot of stuff is there that's free, and a lot of stuff is there that's just fun, I think, to listen to and to play with a little bit. And I'd love to invite you to do that at www.curtisshelburn.com. Take a listen and see what you think. Take a look and let me know if you find something there that's interesting to you. And now, let's focus on faith. Something got me wondering the other day. Do faith healers have specialties? Doctors do, of course. I'd not be surprised to find an LDP specialist available should you need a left distal phalange doctor for your port side little toe. Phalange? Phalange. Phalange. Little toe. Not that long ago, I could have used an RDP specialist for my fractured RDP but my very excellent primary care GP family medicine physician and friend, since retired, was more than able to deal deftly with both left and right distal phalanges and anything else from head top to toe bottom. 
He also knew how my head might affect several different parts of me and when I needed it examined. Yes, doctors have specialties. But for some reason, I found myself wondering about faith healers and specialties. Just so you'll know, I'd never even consider hanging out my shingle as a faith healer. But if I did, I'm pretty sure I'd be more tempted to work with cancer or heart disease or, more likely, maybe headaches or upper respiratory infections than amputations or prosthetics. If my cure rate became troublesome or I were accused of malpractice, I would forgive me. Just blame the patient. You have committed sin, I could charge, and hit the mark since 100% of folks miss that mark. You need more faith, I might say. Well, thanks. A patient who had limped in, crawled in, was carried in, might say. Offhand, do you know anyone who doesn't need more faith? Or I might say, you not only need more faith, you need higher quality faith. Guess what? My patient already knows that too, and now has the added burden, if he's not very good at thinking, of thinking that folks with grade A faith don't get sick, have accidents, lose loved ones, see marriages fail, etc. So his faith must be grade B faith. Deal with it and take two aspirin. Or not, if you have enough faith. Or what if I, the malpracticing faith healer, said or implied, you just need more faith, better faith, and better prayer technique, by which I mean exactly the right words, phrases, and formulae, maybe incantations? Sure is a shame you or your loved one caught this malady, has this difficulty, is dealing with this loss, but if you or they just prayed with enough mental vigor and used exactly the right technique, phooey, tough things happen, bad things happen, good people suffer, bad people suffer. It's far too simplistic to say that good people always prosper and bad people always suffer. And if you're suffering, you did something evil or wrong, and most certainly you didn't do faith right. These simplistic and very wrong answers are nothing new, and they're always tempting. Take a look at the book of Job. Old Job and his friends, whom he could have done better without, had the usual theories about his suffering. All sounded plausible, and all were wrong. The friends were, as Job called them, worthless physicians. But he also failed himself as a diagnostician, as God makes clear by the end of the book. By the way, I don't like suffering. And by the way, if I am ill, I'd very much like to be healed. And I'd very much like for you to pray for me. I do believe in prayer. And if Jesus would like to do an eye-popping miracle to accomplish my healing, I'm for it. And I know he can. If he chooses to use the usual methods, which are just as much his blessing, I'm also for that. I take it for granted that the Lord who sees when a sparrow falls really does care about all of us. The hairs on our heads, our left little fingers, our livers, our legs, our kidneys, and all. But here's the thing. God seems to care most about our hearts, by which I mean our souls. I love the amazing account in Mark 2 where Jesus first heals a man spiritually and 
only then, physically. He seems to think that the former is more important. This fact brings to my mind a hypothetical question, admittedly flawed and one I doubt the Lord would force on the man in Mark 2 or on us. But what if the choice were between one or the other, spiritual or physical healing, not both? Hmm. And oh, do you need more faith? Me too. But remember that Jesus seemed to esteem faith as a grain of mustard seed to be real faith, albeit quite small. For my part, I think most of us will be spiritually healthier and have greater faith if we avoid those who are sure that their own faith is quite large. My guy's the guy who said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And prayer? Oh yes, it matters immensely, far more than we can imagine. Our Father has promised to hear and give us what we need. Just don't forget that the best gift by far is the gift of Himself. A lot of these faith, prayer, and healing questions are way above my pay grade. Still, I don't think our Father minds us asking them. I think He wants us to use our brains more, not less, than we do. He doesn't even mind if we get a little angry about things at times. He just wants us to share our honest feelings with Him. Read the Psalms, and you'll see how that's done. But as old Job found out, in the final analysis, God is God, and we are not. I choose to trust my Father, who is completely good, completely powerful, and completely loving. He loves and delights in all of His children. Me too. As weak and faithless as I often am, I think He likes me a lot. That, my friends, is a miracle. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I am so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.